that's so loud. Just come back on again. Um, but no, what were we saying? So everyone, welcome back. England have just won the Cricket World Cup in 2022 in Australia. We actually won in Melbourne, which is a very horrid ground for England um, as well. And we've got someone for the first time in our live in our lives where someone's actually on the podcast who's got the same name as me. So Hamza is welcoming was welcoming Hamza. So Hamza Khan, thank you very much for joining us again. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. Nah, it's my pleasure. It's good. It's good to speak to you. So we will be having a, a longer in-depth conversation in the future regarding your cricket academy, which I'm really looking forward to. And I'm following it ever since day one. So I'm really happy to see how it's grown so far, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into the reaction to England winning the World Cup. And let's start with the match winner, Ben Stokes, in my opinion, obviously from the bat, calming that uh, batting lineup as well. Um, what, do, what do we have to say about Ben Stokes so far, Hamza? Also, it's very odd saying my own name to someone else. You don't see many Hamzas come on. Um, what he, I'm hearing you as well. So it's true. Um, it's really, really true. <laughs> yeah. Ben Stokes, man, what a guy! What a guy! Mm. I, I saw a picture earlier about um, how he's won the 2019 World Cup, and obviously he was in the absolute core of it. Um, one of the probably historical moments I remember forever. And then he was in the 2019 Ashes um, again, right in the middle of it. Well, I say middle of it. He basically made it. Mm. Um, and again, another iconic cricketing moment. And then, well, the, the World Cup now, he's again, he's, he seems like a man who stands up in pressure um, and pressure moments. And when his team needs him most, he's there and he stands up and delivers. And it wasn't a typical Ben Stokes innings wild call, but it just shows how kind of versatile and dynamic he is to just, I think it was run a ball just under, uh, just over run a ball he was going at. Um, right. Is he, end of the day, he did what he needed to do in the situation and he's bought another major trophy home for England. Yeah, it was, it was unreal really. You're looking at it and you're kind of thinking like, there's so many ways that it could have fallen through for England, especially if Shaheen Afridi didn't get injured because he was the one obviously to finish off the next two overs and that's when England were really in the, the, the thick of it with a couple of death overs that he had yet to bowl. But, with that injury as well, Ben Stokes remained calm, Moeen Ali stayed calm. Crucial uh, partnership between Moeen Ali and, and Ben Stokes as well, which is incredible to really see um, going forward. But just just your thoughts on the kind of game in general. How do you think Pakistan did? How do you think Indi- um, England did as well? Um, just in the final before we go into anything else uh, kind of in detail, really, I would say. Yeah, well, both teams were, well, one lost to Ireland, one lost to Zimbabwe. They were more or less everyone was put them as out out of the trophy out of the World Cup um, and to come back the way they have both teams and be in the final has shown great fight so it's always going to be an entertaining game um, but I think England were just too strong for Pakistan Pakistan put a great fight up um, and it was more it was always going to be kind of Pakistan's bowling vs England's all-round ability which they tick all the boxes um, with Mark Wood out, I thought, okay, it might get a little bit interesting um, because they don't have that kind of raw pace in their team um, at Melbourne, which is normally a quite a fast, pacey wicket. Um, but again, I think, as as we've seen, Pakistan are very reliant on the two openers, Barber and Rizwan. Didn't quite click again. They've both not had great tournaments. Um, and the middle order, there's always been questions there. So I think, yes, Pakistan had a fantastic bowling Lineup, raw pace, but I don't think that was quite enough to get them over the line. And I think England, deservedly so, showed in all departments where this 
seen bowling, spin with Adil Rashid, the batting. Um, I think Butler just makes batting look so easy. Makes batting look so easy. The way he's playing 90 miles per hour and just creaming it through the covers, it's like, it's, yeah, it makes it look very easy. That first over against Shaheen Afridi as well, the whole crowd's on him. It's just like, yeah, cover drive, yeah. easy. Jobs are good. Such in. Calm character. Such a calm character. Josh Butler is like a PlayStation cricketer. We can say that now because they actually have PlayStation games, but it's proper PlayStation yes. cricketer now, which is uh, which is unreal and unbelievable to really appreciate. But yeah, I want to go through like the one to eleven in this England kind of team as well because you mentioned Mark Wood and you meant um, we have to mention obviously Dawid Milan as well, who was originally in this kind of side as well. But um, we'll go through them as well. But one by one, let's go through all the kind of players and how they kind of did over the tournament, if that's okay. So yeah. starting with Josh Butler. I just think he's one of the greatest players we've ever seen in this country without a shadow of a doubt. I think he's so enjoyable to watch. He's so dynamic. The versatility he has in his game is unreal. And for one, I'm really glad that he's kind of not in the test side because it's just focused properly on his job as the limited overs captain as well. And it's unreal to see him in his element. And I've said this so many times as well. You know when you see players live in the flesh and you pay the ticket money to see there's certain players that you have to see in any sport. Like for me, I'm a rugby fan, so I finally got to watch Owen Farrell recently in, in rugby. I thought it was a joy to watch. Mara Toji, fantastic player as well. Man United fan. So I've seen watch I've watched Cristiano Ronaldo play. We're not gonna talk about him at all. Um but when we're talking well, about now nah, we don't need to any night, haven't we? Yeah, with that. Yeah. I'm a United fan as well. So I, I was like, we won the World Cup, we don't need to talk about CR7. Garnacho <laughs> scored is perfectly fine. Let let him be irrelevant for a bit as well. Um, what a goal. What a goal. What a game. It was a good game as well. I thought Ericsson should have scored a couple more and Marshall probably won. But um, we should have really beaten Fulham a lot more, especially in that first half. We could have killed the game off, which is crazy as well. But I'm looking forward to the World Cup in football as well. But Joss Butler, if, you, if you're a cricket fan in this country in England and you don't pay to watch Joss Butler, you are robbing yourself yeah. of an experience. Even if he gets 20 off like eight balls or whatever it is, whatever his strike rate is, absolute joy of a batsman, absolute joy of a captain to watch. And I'm looking forward to next summer, really. I'm the kind of guy that saves up in like October, November for these cricket games. I know what I'm going to be spending my money on in the summer. People go to concerts, people go on holidays. I go on my holidays in like September or May because I know for the summer, it's all about cricket, man. We've got to watch the cricket and you've got to watch Josh Butler play as well. But Josh Butler, what a man. Definitely deserves his place in team of the tournament. Um what about you, Hamza? I can so I'd say Hamza like this as well. But what about you, Hamza? How how are you finding Josh Butler as England captain, and well, what do you enjoy about him the most as well? I just love how he, he's so effortless. Mm. He's effortless. I remember when he first came onto the scene in county cricket a few years back, playing for Somerset. It was a T Twenty game on Sky Sports. And he was a young, he was a young guy. He was a young kid, and the way he came out and just even at that time, play, made it look so easy. I was like, okay, this guy can bat. This guy can bat. I'm not surprised that he is where he is now, but he's improved massively. Um, and it's just, as a cricketer, for, as a fan is one thing, but as a cricketer, when he's played a bit of cricket, when he's playing 90 miles per hour plus and so effortless, effortlessly without kind of jumping about or all of that sort, just creaming it through the covers, you're thinking, okay, damn, this is just a, spe- he's a special talent. To be able to do that is... You have to be one of a kind. He definitely is one of a kind. And for him to do it so consistently over the years as well. When Trevor Bayliss came in as coach as well, you're kind of like, this is in Josh Butler's element as well. And you're seeing how he opens the bat in T20 cricket and you're looking at how well he does going forward. 
um, in the power play. And especially a lot of teams nowadays, they're coming into that kind of phase where England were kind of not pioneers, but you know, in the in the in the six that over the, the six T twenty overs that you'd have, they'd absolutely go all guns blazing for it as well. Some teams try and do it and they fail. Some teams do do it and they do very well. And I think with Josh Butler, Jason Roy, Alex Hales, who have seen Johnny Besto as well open the batting in T20 and one day international, we've seen how well you can do and how well you can get ahead in the game. And that's why I love it when England are chasing in games because you're you know what they're going to go through and you know how they're going to go about their business. And um, on to the next player, Alex Hales. What a redemption story for him as well after coming back into the single squad. We've all spoken about Ben Stokes being a redemption story, but Alex Hales was another one especially, which is great to see. Um, what kind of policies have England kind of missed from seeing Alex Hales coming to the team for the first time in like four years, I think it is? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, look, he's had a quite a controversial kind of last few years. Um, and I think he's, he's held his hands up and owned, owned what he's done. Um, and I think he's an example to every player. I know some may disagree that he shouldn't be back in the team, but he's kind of, he's served his punishment and he's come back, he's worked harder and he's shown, he's shown in the semi-final, he's a match winner. Um, they play, England play the way they do. They have a free license to play up top. And I think when you look at it, he's, he's just, he, well, he's, he's moved Jason Roy out of the team. And to do yeah. that is, it's a big thing because Jason Roy is world-renowned, hard-hitting opening batsman. And to do that, there's obviously some sort of trust and some sort of belief behind the England team what, from what he's done. I know that he has a lot of performance from 100 county cricket, etc., to back that. But he's got to actually do it at the big stage and he'd done it in the semi-finals. Didn't quite come off in the finals. He got done by Shaheen's magic. But sometimes when you get a ball like that, you kind of put your hands up and say, fair play. And with uh, the best thing I liked about Alex has as well, is he would be, he was like a gun for hire, basically, going across the world as a T20 batsman, T10 batsman as well, going out to Australia, getting used to the pitches, going to Pakistan. One of the first few England players going out to Pakistan, actually going to play in Pakistan. So when we had that T20 series in Pakistan a month or so ago, two months, I'm saying that by now as well, he was used to the pitches. He was used to the way the bowlers would be bowling. He was used to the length of it as well, which really got him back into the starting lineup for England consistently as well and it kind of pushed Phil Solskjaer who obviously was there to replace Jason Roy but Alex Hale was kind of the wild card in the team and it goes to show that Phil Solskjaer as great as he is as a batsman could not compete with the likes of Alex Hales going into it and Alex Hales as we've seen is a world-class batsman on his day and on his day quite happened happened quite a lot in his T20 World Cup obviously not in the final against Shaheen Nafridi amazing bowler and he's got a big future ahead of him looking forward to seeing more from him as well which will be great well that will always be a big question isn't it I think for the rest of kind of Rest of the time, if Shaheen bowled his last two overs, what would have happened? Exactly. And the fact, the fact, the fact of the matter is, a lot of Pakistan's uh, Pakistani fans aren't actually saying that, which is a good thing because it shows how well that they're um, handling the game because they played really good cricket in the in the bowling lineup as well. Their bowling was fantastic and fielding not so great, but that tends to happen with Pakistan. But they were fantastic to watch, and honestly, it could have gone all the way to like a super over again. I, I definitely believe it could have been the case as well, which would have been crazy. Um, next player we have to kind of talk about um, obviously we're going one by one anyway we have to talk about wait, who was next who was it wasn't Ben Stokes it was Phil, Phil Salt yeah so, good segue there I, I could have made it a good segue but yeah Phil Salt back into the England side as well he's got a big future ahead of him as well he came into the side pretty late but the fact that Josh Butler's got, gone for these kind of new batsmen not just the younger ones like Tom Banton and um, these kind of players he's gone for the likes of Phil Salt and he's gone for someone like Ben Duckett as well it goes to show that they are still 
quality batsmen because a lot of teams now, especially someone like India, for example, they love to bring through the youth straight away. But the youth never always guarantees um, efficiency. So with Ben, uh, with Ben Stokes, Josh Butler, Moeen Ali, a lot of our experienced players have been holding us down for a good number of years. And Phil Salt, even though he's kind of new into the team, he is not one of the younger players, but he's still very good in what he's done. And a very good backup keeper if we ever need him. Um, kind of like we did in Pakistan for how well we did. But do you see? Do you think there's still a future for Phil Salt for England in um, limited overs? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think something England done well, and with a name you mentioned, was uh, Tom Banton. Uh, Tom Banton, quite recently, obviously, he, he got bought in when he was very young. Tom Banton got bought in with, after a excellent, I think, year of county cricket. Um, and I think he was still raw when he got bought into the England team. And when you get thrown in early and it doesn't go quite well as a youngster, that I think affected him quite badly. So I think what we've seen in with Phil Soul is he's been given a few years to really kind of nurture his game around the world, playing leagues around the world. He's been absolutely tearing up in county cricket everywhere he goes. And he's not the youngest of guys, but I think he's got a long, he's got a long and bright career ahead of him. I know he's highly rated amongst players. Um, and I've heard a lot of people on the county circuit as well rate him very highly. So I think he is, he is seen as a future England star. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that we're looking at someone like Phil Salt as well, like even if Josh Butler wants to go kind of the MS Dhoni route and doesn't want to be the keeper all the time as well, it means that we've got a ready-made replacement for a backup keeper who can come in and actually make the starting position his own, like he has done in this um, in this team. Obviously, after David Milan was out with injury as well, but David Milan was another player who, not recently, but has come back into the England lineup as well. And I'm really pleased with how he's come back from... Um, he's had his injury problems in the past as well. Unfortunately, he was injured for the final and the semi-final, but he was crucial in that New Zealand game, I thought, as well. The fact that we've got quite a lot of players coming through. Um, and I think his balance as well. He provides a lot of balance with his style of play. He's not just always a gung-ho batsman. He can um, rotate the strike quite a lot as well. But what's your kind of favourite performance you've kind of seen from David Milan um, in this World Cup? Is, is there anything that kind of comes off the top of your head there, Hamza? Ah, not quite. I think he's obviously had a mixed World Cup and then he's obviously been injured. But I think... One of the amazing things about England is if you look through, look through the injury list, even up to the World Cup, you've got David Milan, you've got Mark Woodout, you've got Johnny Bairstow, who's been injured before the World Cup, you've got Jofra Archer, who's out, and then there's guys that have been left out, the likes of Jason Roy. So that's five players that probably will get into any other team in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just amazing to see kind of the depth England have and the talent that's coming through. But yeah, David Milan, again, number one who's been on the county circuit for a long time. He's been performing really well, and he's not—he's not the most entertaining when it comes to T20. But he's definitely high. He's, he's fast scoring. You always look at start, strike rates. He is a fast scoring batsman. He's not a typical T20 big hitter, but neither are Virat Kohli or Babarazam, mm. and they're seen as two of the best T20 cricketers. Henry um, Williamson, another one as well. Yeah, yeah, which is um, unreal as well. Absolutely, and I think that's what's. Sometimes people forget about T20 that it's not all about big hitting. It's about having sometimes the most technical and those with the strongest kind of foundations of batting. Are, and we've seen with, like I mentioned, those names. They they do well. They do very well because they have the capabilities to deal with any sort of bowling and have kind of maneuvered the game or kind of adjusted the game to be more suited to T20 cricket in whatever way they may be just in terms of taking the game as long as possible deeper into the game as well, just making sure that you're rotating the strike long enough as well 
mashing, getting the mashups right at the same time. That's what T20 has kind of evolved into. And that's what a lot of these players can do and they have done, which is, which is incredible, incredible to really see, um, as well. And now we're moving on to literally one of the main men of the tournament as well. Came back into it after an injury, Mr. Benjamin Stokes. So ahead, ahead of what we've looked forward to, we've looked again off, off record. We've talked about the ODI coming up in Australia. We've talked about the test series where he has been test captain as well. Ben Stokes is someone who you honestly can't look past as one of the greatest players we've ever produced in this country. And it's amazing to see how it's really done. We've looked at how far there's so much that a lot of players come through like a, as, a, as like a once in a generation type challenge. Uh, once in a generational type character, not just as a cricketer, but as a character. And for Ben Stokes being an Englishman as well, it's unreal to see what he's done. You mentioned before about how well he did um, getting into the England side and obviously being the world champion in 2019 for how he became the main man of the tournament as well. Um, the Headingly obviously test match in the Ashes in 2019 in the same summer, which is unreal at the same time. And what did he kind of, what did he kind of do differently? Cause he, for a lot of it, he wasn't the main man until kind of the knockout stage as well. He hadn't really been asked to bat as much. He'd been cho- uh, chosen to open the bowling as well. Uh, Hamza, but what kind of worked for Ben Stokes is kind of, is t- uh, this, uh, what kind of thing happened for Ben Stokes that worked for him this type, this time around? Because he wasn't the captain. He wasn't even the vice captain. He was just another player on the side. But did that kind of benefit his game a lot more? What do you think, Hamza? Oh, definitely. I, I think so. I think so. Especially as we, as we know, he's, he suffered from some own personal mental health issues over the past year. He took some time out. Um, and it's, it's, that's another great thing to see that he's willing to come out and, say that he is struggling and kind of take that time out and become, improve himself even further or be better. And we've seen the results now. He's come, come off a break and he's just come and win the, won the World Cup for England. Um, I don't think you can ask for much more from him. Um, but I think, yeah, that, as I mentioned earlier, he, he's a versatile player. He, he's a player that can do anything in any situation, at any moment. Um, and he's he's a man that I see. If you're looking at across formats, T20 ODI Test, from what he's done and the way he plays, he's a go. I think he's one of the greatest of all times across three formats. Mm. Because I don't think there's anyone that's done what he's done and the way he, the way he's done it. He's a match winner, and he might not always be the one to stand up in pressure in like kind of the group stage games or things like that. But when the team needs the most. I think that every time Ben Stokes has delivered, he obviously had that struggle when Carlos Brathwaite, remember the name, he had that, but for, that shows even bigger character for him to come over that and do what he's done in these three massive stages in iconic moments of cricket history. I can't even lie. Like yesterday, I shed a couple of tears. I can't even lie after watching the game. I was at work, but I, I watched the first kind of two, three hours of it and then have to go to work, which is really annoying um, if, the, if people from work are listening, sorry. But yeah, literally, I was just kind of there like watching it on my phone um, whilst working. I'm just kind of there like, come on, like you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. Every time I look back on my phone, I've got like 20 to win, 15 to win. Stokes is still there. Stokes is there. Ali's there. Um, I know Ali's gone out. Now we've got Livingston in, but Stokes for him to hit the winning runs, um, it, just, it just submitted his status in English cricket history one of the greatest players we've ever seen in our lifetime, ever in history. And he's got the trophies to back up. He's got the runs to back up. He's got the wickets to back up. He's got the accolades to back it up as well. If he needs to be sports personality of the year again, I do not mind seeing that because 
literally this time last year as well. Um, I think we saw it on the Barmy Army uh, Instagram page or something. But basically, just to repeat what they said, this time last year, he wasn't even playing for England. He was coming back from a mental health break to kind of help England in the ashes in Australia. And he wasn't, he was a shell of himself, which was really sad to see. And you're just kind of there, like maybe he came back too early. And then the change of captaincy in the test side as well happened where Ben Stokes came back as the new kind of test uh, captain, which is fantastic to see. But kind of camera, we've said it. The way that England's uh, cricket has changed into test sides as well. Unreal, unbelievable. It's inviting cricket. You're getting crowds from all over the country filling out stadiums and we've never seen it bigger or better since probably the 2005 Ashes or the 2009 Ashes um, in a summer than we did the, the last summer. And it was unreal to see how well it was uh, because of Ben Stokes leading the charge and setting the example properly for the likes of Johnny Bairstow, the likes of Joe Root to be coming into um, this side and playing with a fresh brand of cricket. Alex Lees deserves a shout out as well for we've done very well because we haven't had a proper opener for a while as well. And Ben Stokes definitely deserves it um, with what he's done. He won six out of the seven tests last summer as well. Um, obviously, like you said, with his mental health issues, he had to release his documentary. And you can see in his documentary that he was struggling even to film it. He wasn't himself. He was upset with himself. And that's the kind of pressure he's had to deal with. He's had to deal with his father passing away. He has had to deal with the press going after him for a good number of years, the Bristol incident, the thing with the son. And it was awful to see because people just want to bring... We don't see it as much in cricket, which is fair. It's really nice to see. But you still see it in the media where a lot of people are trying to bring national heroes down. They're trying to find a a bad way of looking at this guy and they're looking at a bad uh, negative way as well. But realistically speaking, he, he is England's Superman. He is one of the best players we've ever seen. Again, like I said about Josh Butler, if anyone's listening to this, and obviously we'll pop this out onto your uh, Cricket Academy social medias as well, Hamza. If anyone's watching this and you have the opportunity to make a day of it and go watch Ben Stokes play cricket, do it. You won't regret it. You'll tell your kids about it. You'll tell your grandkids about it all of that and honestly it's going to be absolutely incredible to see where Ben Stokes leads this England side next because double world champions already test match team that's the next kind of goal I think Ben Stokes will be going for as well but um, like you said as well just um, just before winning winning the T20 I'm going to ask you that question is is this proper redemption for 2016 do you think it is you couldn't ask for anything more could you mm. couldn't ask for anything more um, to kind of see where that same West Indies team have even failed to qualify for the World Cup. And that same England team has obviously come through and now have finally won the World Cup. And I, I generally think even you put Mark Wood in that team, that's a complete T20 side. Yeah. They, they haven't got any gaps there. They haven't got any gaps there. It's a complete side to cover any situation. Um, Sam Curran, oh, I'll come to him in a bit, but he's unbelievable. Unbelievable the way he's brought his game out as well, game brought his game forward and delivered this World Cup has been unbelievable. But yeah, mate, dub, double world champions, kings of white ball cricket. Oh man, it's a good time to retire if you ask me. It's a good, it's a good time to be alive and you're watching it as well. It's a good, it's literally the golden age of English cricket, which is unbelievable to see. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on to Harry Brook now as well because we could talk about Ben Stokes the whole day, but we're obviously going through one by one just for this episode as well. But realistically speaking, Harry Brook, he's had a, he hasn't set the world alight in this tournament, but he's been a really good replacement, in my opinion, for Johnny Bairstow as well. So the fact that he's held his own in this kind of, in, in this big stage, in this big tournament, he did very well in Pakistan. He proved me wrong, personally. I thought we should have taken Ben Duckett instead of Harry Brook, but I'm really glad that obviously Josh Butler 
went with Harry Brook and he's brought a bit of composure in that batting lineup as well, which is really nice. Bit of balance, like you said, not everyone needs to be shouting, but what's the future holding for Harry Brook, uh, Hamza? Oh, again, I think he's obviously one of the young, younger lads that's come through um, and he's an exceptional talent. I, I remember watching one of the games in the recent Pakistan series. Um, I can't remember, I think it's Harris Ralph or someone. He just, boom, stepped away him for ex- six of extra cover. Mm. Uh, and some of the shots I see off him, he's, he's, a, he's a real talent. He's a real talent. And I hope, I hope he carries that on. Obviously, he's, he's had a mixed World Cup, but I hope, I hope he kind of continues to develop and not go down the kind of Tom Banton route where he's, he's struggled. I hope he gets the support, but he's an exceptional talent that I think any, any country in the world will be very lucky to have. It's that thing as well of him being a world champion and him being in that starting lineup as well. We could have easily gone for the extra bowler as well, but Josh Butler trusted him to be in there and keeping Livingston and Ali and Curran down the order as well, which made it so much easier for them because they could be rotated as bowlers. They could be used in different ways and it made Harry Brook a lot more um, accountable for what he was doing, and especially in the finals as well. Didn't hit the biggest of scores, but the fact that he kept himself composed, worked with Ben Stokes in those middle orders as well when um, I think Wasim was coming into it as well and Shadab was doing really well bowling. So, they held their own and he held his own, which was refreshing to see. And like you said, you don't want him to be like another nearly man in this kind of team. He's won a World Cup. Let's see him win a, another one. Let's see him get um, forward in this England side as well. Potentially a future England captain. You never know where this uh, future could lead with Harry Brook, which would be good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now your boy, Moeen Ali. <laughs> yeah. Take it take it away, man. Take it away. Oh, man. I think Mo. I still don't think he gets the credit that he deserves for what he's done for England English cricket and in all formats the amount of games he's won for England cricket whether it's test match I still remember his hat trick against I think it was South, South Africa South Africa in test cricket um, at a time where Gra- Graham Swan just recently retired England needed a spinner he stepped up at the time and then in ODIs he stepped up whether it's as a bowler as a batsman he's been there and T20 cricket as well um, and for someone to be again a double World Cup champion and be a big part of not just the last couple of years, the whole journey, the mm. whole journey throughout the years. He just doesn't get, I don't think he gets enough credit. He's a match winner, the amount of games he's won in situations. And when you get match winners like that, they will have days where they get out to a, to a shot that doesn't, it's not quite the perfect textbook shot or they'll have days where they get out in interesting ways. But when you're going to be a match winner, you have to take those risks. And Moin Ali, Unbelievable, unbelievable, unbelievable on the field and off the field. Amazing guy as well. And I think he deserves every success and he deserves every praise from everyone. I, I can't speak highly enough of Moe Nali for obviously what the things is done off the pitch. The way that the ECB have managed him um, marketably as well has been fantastic because he's gained a lot more recognition. And you know how that it is in, in England with Islamophobia and, and with racism in sport. And it's crazy to see Moe Nali puts it to bed. He really puts it to bed. Not when he's playing bad or when he's playing good, just when he's playing. Because honestly, I think it's him and Mohamed Salah in the whole country where Islamophobia just goes to die because of those two's impacts on sport, which is unreal to see. And I remember going to Iceland with my with my cousins and I remember um, there's just like some middle-aged uh, guy from England and he's like, oh, you look like Moeen Ali to my cousin because he had the really big beard. He's like, oh yeah, go to um, the England Games, home and away, part of the Barmy Army. Um, here in Iceland for a couple of days, which is nice. And I was like, oh, what do you think of Moe Nani? He's like, oh, he's a superstar. He's a joy to watch. And he's refreshing to watch, especially when you're playing away, because his calming presence works so well with Joss Butler and with Moe and Owen Morgan as well. 
with Ben Stokes. And when you're seeing him in the, in the middle with Ben Stokes and those in that last kind of big partnership we had, he's just like, yeah, it's calm, relax. We got this. We actually have got this. And then when if the car came on to bowl as well, that's when they got to have their fun. And when you're watching Moe and Ali have fun on a cricket pitch, you're having fun watching England play cricket, which is a joy. And even if it's playing in the IPL or franchise cricket elsewhere, you're having fun watching Moe and Ali play. And oh, where, wherever he's gone, he's made an impact. Wherever yeah. he's gone, he's made an impact. And like you said, having an impact on the field is one thing, but off the field, the impact he's had over the years, the, the way he's represented all, all backgrounds, but obviously Muslims in, in, in sporting, in sporting, well, professional sports. Mm. Um, has been amazing and I think the way he conducts himself and brings himself across is something that he, the reason he has so many fans because he is so humble about it and he's just he's quite he's a nice honest guy yeah honestly it's the fact that when you're looking at some of these players as well they, they learn from him you can see on the pitch as well the way that he's so calm with it the way that Joss yeah. Butler Rob Key Owen Morgan you're looking at some of the pundits that's what saying as well they all talk about Moen Ali in this kind of light and it's no coincidence to see that what you're seeing on the pitch is what happens off the pitch and how he plays his game he's taken a bit part um role this time this time as well in the world cup not really bowling because he's kind of there for the matchups letting liam livingston who we'll talk about next as well come into bowl because of the leg spin in, in australia being more effective against the the off spin against the right handers that we've seen um quite a lot but when he came into bat against uh pakistan i was like nah you're good you're good and i'm enjoying watching you play as well and a lot of people nowadays, when you're watching some of these players play, you're, you're remembering that a lot of these players that you've seen coming into the team, I remember going to watch him against India in the Test match in 2014, one of his first few Test matches at Lords. And I was like, this is really nice to see because he's a really good bowler. He's very efficient, very calm in, in the middle of the pitch as well. And I remember just going to watch him again against Afghanistan in the World Cup in 2019, trying to get to that 400 mark, last over, trying to just hit six up or six up or six. And the fact that you're watching these kind of players grow through it, and he was, again, one of those kind of guys in 2016. Looking at, well, at the end, we'll look at the kind of players that were in 16 and in 2022, but he was one of the guys there who got his retribution because he did really, really well in that tournament. And he was an absolute joy to watch in that tournament, and we definitely was again in this one. But shout out Mo and Ali, you deserve all the credit in the world, and you've made so many people happy just by being you. And that's a very good uh, lesson for anyone in cricket and for anyone in sport, which is incredible to really see. Absolutely, man. Liam Livingston. Is he Kevin Peterson regen? What do you think? Uh, no, you know what? I think he's different. I think he's different. Mm. He's, um, he's what I call a modern generation T20 batsman. Yeah. He's based his game around T20 cricket, power hitting, and he is good at it. He is yeah. good at it. We know... That's what like, I remember watching the game, watching the final on Sunday. And as I mentioned before off camera, that my family are, are, are diehard. A lot of them are diehard Pakistani fans. So um, I was watching with my brothers as well. And they were obviously sporting uh, Pakistan. I was, I was more sporting England. So I think England must have lost two wickets. And you see the lineup come at the bottom. And you see you still got like, you've got Salt, Stokes. Uh, you've got Moyne in there. You've got Livingston. But even underneath that, you've got Wokes, Curran. Jordan, Rash, and they all can bat. So that's it's, it's just an unbelievable lineup. So for Liam Livingston, it gives him that license to just go out there and whack it and whack it. And he's the guy. If he comes off on his day, he'll win. He'll win regardless of the situation. He'll win the game. He was he was really good at his bowling as well. He may have been expensive in his over as well against Pakistan, but in that India game as well, controlling it with him and Adil Rashid as well, kind of limiting things to. 
it was off of, it was off the uh, sky went out. I think Pandio came in and Kohli was in as well. So you're just kind of there, like, okay, cool. You're, you're limiting what they can do, which is fantastic. And that was a key little mini win that you saw in the England side as well when they're getting the, the dot balls just mounting up again and again and again mounting pressure on the team starting off batting and it worked really well having Liam Livingston as a second spin bowler as opposed to Moeen Ali and I really appreciate the fact that you're looking at Liam Livingston as like oh yeah I'll do this for Joss I'll be more of a bowler I'll be lower down the order because we used to kind of see it the other way around with Ben Stokes and Liam Livingston so Livingston will be higher because he's like a last five over type of batsman compared to Ben Stokes and Ben Stokes would be bowling a bit more as well Ben Stokes would have like the two or three overs per game Livingston would have two or three overs per game. I think two in a semi-final, no, three in the semi-final, one in the final, um, but lower down on the bat in order to allow Moeen and to allow Brooks to be up as uh, up earlier as well, which is incredible. But where do you see Liam Livingston's future? Do you see him as a mid-order batsman, again, having that kind of freedom, or do you see him further up in the, in the order for T20s? Um, personally, I think with what England have come through, uh, yeah. what England... England have, like you mentioned, the likes of Hales, Salt, Butler, Stokes, all the guys that have got plenty of cricket left in them. And I think he will. we will see him in that middle order five, six, seven role mm. where he's able to come in in the last five to eight overs and just take a game away from anyone. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what he does best. And that's what we'll, we'll see him. He's capable of coming in and getting 50 off the last five overs. So um, that's what I think we'll see of him. In, and that's where his future is in the England team. But what he's added to his game with that Bowling off spinner to left, off spin to lefties, bowling legs leg spin to right handers. I think that's something that's very valuable to England. Very and unique. I, yeah, very unique. And as a captain, that's an absolute joy to have because you got you it gives you so much more options. Um and that's still with having Mo as a bowler on the side. So like I said, that England team is just so complete. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's gonna be hard for someone like Joffrey Archer to get back into the starting lineup as well. Uncanny. These are good selection choices England have for the first time in years, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what the future holds for us as well. Now, one guy who didn't make the T20 squad last time around, because he obviously was injured, who's now become the MVP and England's leading wicket taker in this tournament, the guy you wanted to speak about a lot. And I will listen to you speak about it because I could listen to anyone talk about Sam Curran every single day of the week. What did he bring to this England side that just gave us that X factor? What, what was it from Sam Curran? And I know a lot of people will say, oh, it's because there's a left-hand bowler, but Reese Topley, who was injured, he was a left-hand bowler, but current offers something way different. What was it, Hamza? Look, when in cricket, when you when I, when I, when you say to anyone, "Oh, we've got a tall, well, we've got a fast, destructive bowler," instantly you think tall, strong, big guy who's going to run in and absolute just kind of hit people on the head. Mm. Change that. Sam Curran has come in, and he because of the way he is, his build, he's, he's shorter than a lot more other fast bowlers. He's still bowling the same pace, but he's bowling something that people are not used to facing. The batsmen are not used to facing. Everyone's used to facing tall, strong bowlers that kind of hit it, hit it into the pitch. Sam Curran's different. He, he's a skiddy bowler. He can bowl a quick bouncer. He swings it both ways, and his variation at the end, at the in the death, is unbelievable. It's 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 the, the way he bowls his off cutters and the way he knows when to bowl it is something that he's brought into his game over the last few years. And I'm really happy for him to see the results finally being shown and being giving that MVP status and getting a top wicket taker this this tournament. And right, he's no mug with a bat either. We've seen so him playing some really good innings. So I don't think we saw enough of him in the bat this this tournament. Uh, but he's someone that could is another 
absolute fantastic all-rounder England have and will have for a long time. Where is Sam Curran's best cricket going to come from? ODIs, T20s, Test matches? Where do you think uh, it's going to come from? I personally think he's he's a white ball cricketer. Yeah. Um, I personally think he's a white ball cricketer because, as I mentioned, having that skiddy kind of skiddy skiddiness, having that something different in the game is something that will white ball batsmen will find it hard to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, in Test, I think Test is a different type of game. It's different bowling where it's a lot more about consistency. Again, he but saying that he's done well in Test Test cricket as well. He's done well in Test cricket as well. So. I still remember him getting Virat Kohli out at Edgebaston on, I think it was one of his first few games in test matches as well. That's why I'm like, with a lot of these England players, you want to see where they're going to have their best cricket and where they're going to be ending up as mainstays in the team because you're not, you don't want to see them chopping and changing all the time as well. It's like Joe Root. He hasn't officially retired from T20, but you know he's not going to get into the side because there are better T20 players out there and he's kind of accepted it and has moved forward with his test career and his ODI career, which is fantastic. You're going to see that with Ben Stokes retiring, who's retired from ODI, kind of a joy to watch in T20. His highest ever score was only in the final, which is crazy. And obviously test matches, we've all seen what he's done. But Sam Curran, like you kind of said, T20, ODI kind of bowler, being a, a mainstay, a number eight, a number seven in that kind of side. Another kind of all-rounder coming through as well, like you said, with the bat. What a joy to have. Yeah, he's just... Like I said, he offers something different. He offers something different. I, I can't think of any other bowler in the world that kind of, at his height, is coming in and bowling 90 miles per hour and swinging it. Um, his variety is exceptional. 65 miles to 90 miles an hour with the height, with the build he's got. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, every cricketer, every pressure cricketer trains hard. But when you're training hard against the typical fast bowler and then he's suddenly got Sam Curran coming on not really getting much bounce. It's just so skiddy, but then he's got a quick bouncer in him as well. It's not something you're used to facing. So going from that to playing that in a match at 90 miles per hour, it's not something easy to do. And we've seen people have, well, everyone struggled. Everyone struggled. Not just giving the wickets away, but actually getting him away. So he's been very economical as well, as well as getting wickets, which is good to see. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Sam Curran does. Hopefully he stays fit. Hopefully you see a lot more of him in the future because he is the future of English cricket. No doubt about that with Sam Curran. Next man, Mr. Reliable. Um, literally someone that we've seen a long time in English cricket who I've probably said, again, it's the first time I'm probably talking about cricket on camera, but I've said for a good number of years, he's probably England's one of England's best ever white ball fast bowlers, Chris Wokes. How do you think he did in this in this tournament compared to last year? And especially due to him being such a really good ODI bowler compared to the yeah. T20 the contrast is really different in his first um, five overs in power play in ODI compared to test, uh, test matches and to um, T20s. How do you think he did and how do you think we can see Chris Wokes kind of moving forward in this kind of T20 side? Well, Chris Wokes is someone that we've seen in almost every squad over the last four or five years. He's not mm. played every game, but he's in every squad. Mm. And that shows how much kind of the players, the captains, the management value Chris Wokes. And he just... He's, a bit unfair to him sometimes, but he is playing like he plays a couple of games and gets dropped, then plays a couple of games and gets dropped. But it just shows how much of a team guy he is and how strong of a character he is to keep coming back, even after getting dropped for a couple of games. Okay, I'll be back. Put in two very good performances. And he's not a match winner. He's not one who's going to kind of tear it away with the ball or the bat, but he's Mr. Reliable. He's going to, you know, if he's in your side, he's going to do a job for you and do it well. Yeah. 
proper eight out of ten bowler every single time as well. Bit nervous in the final yesterday, but that India innings as well, when you're looking at it, getting KR Rahul out, setting the tone. Yeah. What a joy to watch. And what a play that you can kind of enjoy watching again and again and again. Because for anyone, and it relates more to you than to me, when you're looking at teaching your fast bowlers how to bowl, your fast medium bowlers how to bowl, line length, accuracy, Sam Curran, Chris Wokes, left arm bowler, right arm bowler. You can't ask for anything more to be like, your homework today, watch Chris Wokes innings versus India. Literally. Honestly, it's one of those plays that I'm really proud that he's an English guy as well. I'm really proud that he's related because he's someone that you can relate to like a, um, a, sub, a South Hemisphere type of bowler, like a South African or an Australian or New Zealand because of not so much, because the only thing that they would kind of have is the aggression, but he's almost got that kind of Glenn McGrath about him as well. The, the, the kind of Glenn McGrath, the kind of, um, maybe even like Stuart Harris as well. I would kind of say, um, Stuart Clark even, not Stuart, Stuart Clark, not Stuart Harris, sorry who can just like pitch the ball up. They could all like, when, when you pitch the ball up, it's normally getting driven. It's normally getting hit. When Chris Wokes does it, you're, you're going to get an edge. It's going to be maybe an off cutter or it's going to be a faster bowl. And Chris Wokes has paced very quite a lot this tournament. I'm really happy to see he's bringing that into his game and long may it continue for Chris Wokes as well, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Our number 10, um, we're going to be talking about CJ, another guy who's in that uh, final squad in 2016 against West Indies and he got quite a lot of stick as well Chris Jordan which is really annoying because obviously being of um, West Indian heritage you were just kind of there like oh yeah he chose the wrong team like nah he didn't he's got, he's got, his, he's got his time in the side and obviously he wasn't in that World Cup squad in 2019 because he doesn't play for the ODI team only a T20 specialist how well did he do coming in for Mark Wood after being out of the kind of side through the group stage as well Chris Jordan how well has he been as literally England's top T20 um, bowler, literally getting the most wickets since T20 started for England. How well has yeah. Chris Jordan done for you? Uh, I think that stat says it says it all. Says mm-hmm. it all. Even though he's been in and out of the team, he's had a few injuries, he's been in and out of the team, but he's still one of England's best T20 bowlers. You think about T20 cricket, you think about England, Chris Jordan's one of the first ones that come to your mind. Yeah. Uh, because no other bowlers that have played as consistently and has performed as consistently as Chris Jordan has. And I think what he brings, again, a three-dimensional cricketer, I think better than his bowling, better than his batting, because he can hit a long ball, is his fielding. He will, he will create magic moments. And we've seen that over the years. With his fielding, he's someone that, if you've got Chris Jordan on the field, you know something special is going to happen. If it's going that way, he's going to give it everything he has to either catch it or stop it. And to yeah. have that in the team and setting those standards is a big thing. It's a big thing. Who's a better fielder, Ben Stokes or Chris Jordan? It's the tough one. Chris Jordan. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have to say Chris Jordan. Ben Chris Stokes obviously creates special moments. Mm. But, um, but overall, if you look at Chris Jordan, you've seen him in the slips, you've seen him in the covers, you've seen him on the boundary, you've seen him everywhere. Um, and he's a, he's a complete fielder. What I've noticed as well is when you're having a spin bowler like Livingston or um, Rashid, he's always at long on. Because you know that's where the batsmen are going to hit it. And it's, it's, a, it's a good number of times you're seeing Jordan there. You're seeing the ball go up in the air. And you're not worried. You're not worried of a drop. You're not worried of a spill. You've got the most reliable hands in the team, besides Josh Butler, obviously with his gloves, is Chris Jordan behind. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to catch the ball. We're going to stop it. And it's vital to see how many runs England save from the fielding. And Chris Jordan is a big part of that. And Johnny Besto also said it on Sky Sports during the Pakistan series. 
a lot of these runs are saved by having safe hands, by chasing that extra four, turning it into a two, because at the end of an innings, and it is that 150 could easily be a 164 innings. And you're looking at it thinking, when you're in the 17th or 18th over chasing and you're six down, are you guaranteed to get it? But if you're in that 150, like against, against India, for example, just Butler and Hales could do whatever they wanted because the fielding was outstanding. We've been outstanding as a field, uh, fielding team as well. And a lot of teams, a lot of lower teams as well, don't mean to disrespect them, but the likes of like Afghanistan or Ireland or Scotland, they can take a lot from just seeing how well their fielding can go. Bangladesh as well. Yeah. All of these drop catches. Don't be afraid of catching the ball. Don't be afraid of being under it. Don't be afraid of chasing it to the edge of the boundary because that's how teams win games. Not by always battling or bowling, but by fielding, by being disciplined in their, in their kind of right mind as well. And Chris Jordan is a big thing of that as well. But how well did he do in the final for you, getting those two wickets as well, kind of slowing the almost the last minute resurgence from the death overs as well? Because he's been missed the death overs for a while now for England. And his retribution as well in the New Zealand semi final last, last time around as well. That was his retribution as well. Um, getting kind of dominated in that in that semi-final by New Zealand. Yeah, and no, I think, again, like I mentioned, even like Chris Wokes, mm. England have so many players, you're always coming in and out of the team. Um, and I don't think he would have, he would have come into the World Cup not sure if he's actually going to play in a reg, if he's going to be a regular player or not. Yeah. Um, and he's come on, and like Chris Wokes, he's come on and he's he's done a job. He's, he's, he's done what he needed to do. He got two very important wickets. Um, Shadab Khan, who arguably is up there for player of the tournament. Um, and he's he's won a few games with a bat. Chris Jordan came and came and took him. Mohammed Rasim, again, we know he can hit a long ball. Um, Chris Jordan took him as well. And just having that I can't remember, I can't remember his figures. There was something like uh two for twenty four or something. Yeah, yeah. Um and I think where re- Pakistan really struggled yesterday were getting that away in getting those bit, getting the run rate up in the last five to seven overs, and I think Chris Jordan had a big part to play in that. Um, um, and we like spoke about an extra few runs. If you do, if your death bowling doesn't go quite your way, if your fielding doesn't go away, fifteen maybe twenty runs. You add that to Pakistan's total yesterday, might have been a very different game. Yeah, could have ended very very differently. All these sort of things literally add up, and because they're actually very big things to talk about. Um, as well and one big thing I want to talk about our final player that I'm going to talk about before we talk about I think the other player we have to talk about is Mark Wood but we'll talk about him actually we'll talk about Mark Wood now I've mentioned him what a guy the fact that he does it in all three formats consistently and he always gets injured which is really annoying it shows how much passion he does he plays for the badge as well the way his bowling lineup um, is set out because you've got the medium pace so you've got the fast medium pace and then you've got the fast man and Chris and in Jofra Archer and in Mark Wood. So in that 2019 tournament, when you had both of them steaming in, that was an absolute joy to watch in person. It was fantastic. But this time around, it was just Chris Wood of the 90 mile an hour plus. And for him to do it so consistently this tournament as well. Do we see a future of Mark Wood being literally the main man for England's bowling attack? If he could keep himself fit. Mm. And that's the stigma that every fast bowler faces. Yeah. Every fast bowler faces. I remember when... Um, when I was at Loughborough, I remember seeing him come off when he started coming off for quite a short run-up and yeah. kind of just blitzing in and having that interesting kind of like sprinter's start. Um, and just the, the pace he was generating off a short runner, I'm thinking, and Mark Wood, if he can if he can be fully fit for six months, he'll be an unbelievable bowler. And I yeah. think we saw we saw that. We saw what he'd done against Pakistan in the series, we saw what he'd done in the earlier in the World Cup. 
it was a shame that he was missing in the, in the semi-final final, but England's depth covered it. Again, similar to Archer. Imagine having a T20 side and Archer and Mark, Mark Wood opening the bowling against you guys. That's problems right there. Honestly, exactly. problems right there as yeah. well. And it goes to show as well, even with Shaheen Afridi, there are a lot of people probably didn't really understand why he came off after being injured, but that's how you can ruin a career of a bowler by forcing them to play through injury, bowling at that kind of speed because it could detriment them for the next two, three years and their actual development as well. So the fact that fast bowlers need to be looked after a lot more is really nice to kind of see that it's being taken a lot more seriously now because unfortunately for someone like Joffrey Archer, he was being overused by Joe Root in the test side as well, being overused for this impact bowler as well, as well as an opening bowler sometimes in some of the ODI games in the same kind of summer he still hasn't properly recovered, which is really unfortunate to kind of see. And that's why Mark Wood has looked after so well now, because whenever he's injured, it will take as much time as possible for him to recover. Hopefully the same for Shaheen um, Shah Afridi, because he is a special talent from Pakistan. And I think Pakistan will be relying upon him to be their key bowler for a good number of years as well. But shout out Mark Wood, double world champion. Definitely deserve it. What a player. Last but not... And we can see the most of him now. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's for England, for world cricket, really. Exactly. He could easily be there for another five years as well, bowling and proper bowling at the death, middle overs. And he's someone who we've seen as a middle over bowler in the ODIs as well, who's like, you want to look forward to watching Mark Wood play because it'd be like Archer and, and Wokes, or it'd be Wokes and Willie, whoever it would be. And now you're seeing Mark Wood actually turn up in a lot of these games. And it's credit, it's credit to how he's been managed. It's credit to Trevor Bayliss, uh, Matthew Mott, Owen Morgan as well. In a way, Chris Silverwood as well. But yeah, I would kind of see how um, Chris, uh, Mark Wood does. Uh, going forward. Last but not least, Adil Rashid. Your boy. Yeah, my brother. My brother. <laughs> he, man, honestly, words can't explain how proud, proud I am of him. Man, Rash, I'm going to send you this. Congratulations, bro. Um, and I'm proud of you, man. Um, it's like, honestly, from kind of being a part of his cricket journey over the last few years and knowing that at one time he was, he was having these issues and going with Yorkshire, he was about to be he was on the fringes with Yorkshire and to come back the way he has over the last, I think, about eight years and to be a mainstay in the England team and all the names we spoke about, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And I still don't think he gets praised enough by England, yes, but in world cricket about how well he's performed over the last few years, whether it's ODI, T20, he's performed at every big occasion, every big occasion. And he's he's not... He's your typical kind of leg spinner when you think mm. about he's your typical. He, he actually looks to get it up there, spin, drift it, spin it, pass the bat with a couple of googlies in there. A lot of modern kind of T20 spinners you see, especially leg spinners, the modern way is to kind of dart it in and bowl a lot of googlies and a lot of variations. Rash, man, he's, he goes in. You saw yesterday he bowled the first, I think it was four balls to Ifti, mm. Iftahar Ahmed, and um, he just, boom. Pitching middle and off, spinning past the bat. Pitching middle and off, spinning past the bat. And I think that was just an absolute joy to watch. Um, and the same comes to mind. I've been lucky enough to spend some, a lot of time with Rash and Mo and how humble these guys are off the field and how hard they work on the field, but also off the field for the community. I mean, they, they deserve every success. And double world champions, I don't think they would have quite... I don't know if it's quite hit them yet themselves, but if you asked them five years ago that you'd be... ODI and T20 world champions, double white ball champions, kings of white ball cricket. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And I think they are both, both 
they are legends of legends of England cricket and what Rash has done over the last years, performing all over the world. He's got, mate, it seems like every time he plays Kohli or Barbarazam, he, he seems to get them. He seems to get them. He, he went through a spell where he kept getting Kohli. Barbarazam, there was a stat yesterday, I think he's got about four times in the last five games he played. That court so, ball was iconic. That's going to be replayed for years to come back on with, with Adil Rashid as well. And yeah. you're looking at how well Adil Rashid's done. I want to take it back, before we end this podcast, I want to take it back to when Owen Morgan brought him into the side when there was a change of captaincy um, after the 2015 World Cup when Alistair Cook was captain and you had a very different white ball team and you're seeing these kind of changes that uh, came about as well. The likes of Jason Roy coming in, Alex Hales was in there as well. They brought back Liam Plunkett and they brought back Adil Rashid after being in that England side. I think he came in way too young, in my opinion, around 2010-11 or 2009, if I remember correctly, because we had a... Le- yeah, yeah. I think it was just South Africa. I think we brought him in or somewhere or other we brought him in. And you're just kind of there like, oh, he's back again and he's good. He's very, very good. And like you said, he was on the fringes of Yorkshire around the kind of time as well. And honestly, I think I'm not, I'm not over the top when I say this. He may be one of the greatest spinners England's ever produced of all time. So definitely, I, I, definitely white ball cricket, but of all time in all formats, I would say. I was, I was going to say this mm-hmm. while we carry on. For me, personally, and I know everyone's going to say I'm biased as well. For me, he's the best spinner in world cricket right now. From from what from what he's done, you tell me another bowler that's had the in, same impact as him in the in the World Cup. In the World Cup, you obviously in, Chad, yeah, two or three World Cups, two World Cup yeah. win, uh, wins is one, one going to a final as well. No one's brought that consistency, that elevation um, in in spin bowling since probably like Shane Warne, Anil Kumble, Matai Muralitharan. Literally, no one else you can kind of look at in the modern age. Adam Zampa can't do it. Nathan Lyon probably does it only in Test match cricket. But in limited overs, in ODI, it's got to be Adil Rashid. And you're looking at Adil Rashid. A lot of people go on about how he doesn't go to the IPL as well. For England, that's a blessing, to be fair. Honestly, it's a blessing because his freshman summer, his freshman is all year round as well. And you're looking at how well he does as a bowler, how well he does as a, as a player as well. Really good fielder as well. People uh, sleep on his fielding. Um, at the same time, it's a really good fielder that we've got out of Rashid. And um, honestly, the fact that he had his shoulder surgery or he got his shoulder fixed after the 2019 World Cup brought a new elevation to his game. He looks a lot bigger as well than he did in 2019. So he must have been putting in that gym work as well, I, I would imagine, Hamza. So. He's worked hard. He's worked hard. And he's kind of, he, he wants to be in that England team. And it's quite clear that when he mentioned Owen Morgan, he was, I think he's, he, he's Owen Morgan's biggest fan. He, he, loves, he gives him a lot of credit for way his kind of redemption back into international cricket and the way they've treated himself Moin Ali and the way they've respected them the religion and the beliefs and kind of just little things like having an area in the change room for them to pray yeah. and make it less available little things like that it makes players want to play for the captain want to play for the team and I think we've seen that not just with Rash not with Mo just the whole team we've mentioned Chris Wokes and other players who are in and out of the team mm. everyone wants to play for each other Livingston having bowling offies bowling leggies Everyone wants in that England team. Everyone wants to play for each other. It's not they're not playing for themselves. They're willing to do whatever it takes for that team to succeed. And I think that's why they've won the World Cup. And yeah, when it comes to it, I think obviously we've seen Rashid Khan, who's been quite successful over the years, Shadab Khan. But I think if you look at over the last five years, if there's any spinner in the world to consistently and constantly perform at the world stage, no one's done it more than Andrew Rashid. And I think for me. 
he's he's been in the last five years the world's best spinner. Yeah. What way to end it? Because you can clip that and you can send it to your mate Adil and be like, yeah, I'm giving you some good press here now as well. Um, <laughs> well-deserved press. Because the fact is, the, honestly, the fact is, besides a couple of media outlets, a lot of the England press, when they give praise, they give praise properly, which is really well done. And the fact that what I love the most about yesterday was Owen Morgan being on the Sky Sports commentary team. You could see the biggest smile from every single player when they saw Owen Morgan. It was like a proud older brother, proud dad, seeing Adel Rashid going up to hugging Chris Jordan, Josh Butler with the trophy, Ben Stokes. I was just there like, I, I, I said earlier, I shed a couple of tears yesterday because of, of the journey that they've been on. The fact that Owen Morgan won the T20 World Cup in 2010 and he saw the rest of his teammates get a T20 World Cup in 2022. It was, it was, it, I don't get emotional over sport as much as I get over cricket. Cricket is probably the sport I get more emotional because I have more of a connection to it than I do with football or with any other sport that I watch as well. And I was looking at it thinking like, these guys, man, they deserve it. They've gone through hell and back to be the best team in the world. Double world champions and they definitely deserve it as well. Um, but congratulations to the England cricket team. What a wonderful tournament you guys played as well. Looking forward to seeing your guys in the future as well. Hamza, one last question from me to you before we wrap up the podcast. What's your favourite moment of this World Cup that we've just seen? Besides obviously going to win this tournament. Uh, my favourite moment. Um, I'm going to get a lot of stick for this. I'm going to get a lot of, lot of stick for this. But the partnership between Butler and Hales in the, in the semi-final against India of... And there's nothing against India or Indian fans. I've, I've, I've got lots of Indian friends and I'm, I'm a big... My, my favourite batsman in the world is Virat Kohli. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one of its biggest fans. So, And I'm, again, I'm shocked again how India is not making it and not winning trophies with the team they have year in, year out. But that partnership between Butler and Hales, I think 170 for none against a lineup, lineup like India's, which is, again, a strong... Strong bowling team in in a semi final to do to win a game like that in the style they did by ten wickets. I was I was watching and I was just kind of like I was mesmerised at what was going on the way Hales and Butler were playing. And I know we've spoken a lot about Butler. Um, he's yeah he's done to you. I think that was that was a moment and that was an iconic moment that I've been remembered for a long time. It was hailstorming for India. That's what it was. It was a hailstorm for India, which is crazy. But I honestly was going to say the same, but Joss Butler again against New Zealand, what an individual innings he had as well. Because for me personally, that felt like a quarter final for us because we had to win that game to, uh, to qualify as well um, for the next round. Because I thought that we would beat Sri Lanka and we did, but that New Zealand one, the bigger test that we had, that was a really big tournament. Again, obviously last year's finalists as well. So I was really happy to see Joss Butler finally get the praise, the worldwide praise he definitely deserves because... Some of these players are generational talent. Some of these players that we never get to see for another 10, 15 years and they're all here in the same squad all together. Absolute joy to watch the England side. And the fact is they're English. The fact that we get to watch them on our home grounds is unreal. We're not looking at some of these players that we're looking from India or from Pakistan, Australia, New Zealand. I'm like, wow, these are out of this world. They're English and they're out of this world, which is the best thing as well, which is unbelievable to see. And what's great to see, you mentioned all these big, big teams and major, major countries, but... One thing, I think another kind of moment of the World Cup for me was Netherlands' performance against South Africa. And more Van der Merwe's catch. Oh mm. my God. Like to see so many associate and affiliate countries coming through now and closing that gap 
And I think we're going to see more and more of that in, in the years to come. I know cricket's becoming massive in Europe. It's becoming massive in America and all over the world. And it's, it's a joy to see that cricket is being played all over the world now. And exactly. these, these teams are kind of keeping the likes of West Indies and these other teams out of the World Cup. And West Indies was so lax in that qualifier. I'm just kind of there like, you need to buckle up because you could be out and they were out. Ireland, yeah. shout out to Ireland. They were fantastic in this tournament. Yeah, Ireland. And Ireland's someone that's been working hard over the last few years and keep keep this kind of, there's one of those teams that kind of just keep biting, keep grinding, keep grinding. And I think this was, for me, one of the best World Cups we've seen because we had so many upsets. We had yeah. so many of these teams showing that we're not here to just participate. We're here to fight. We're here to fight. You see Ireland, you see Zimbabwe, you see Netherlands. You see these these teams really fine, and it's, that's one of the best things about the World Cup, and that's what made the group stages so tight. It wasn't just okay; these teams are going to kind of go through, or these two or three teams will just win every game. It was it was a real mixed bag, and it was a joy to watch, and a fantastic World Cup. And glad England have got it over the line with the team they had, and congrats once again to Rash and Mo and the whole England team. It's coming home. May not be coming home in the football, but it's coming home in the cricket. That's what well, I'm well, hoping for that. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. You can quote me on that one as well. I know. Listen, I don't think England going to win the World Cup in the football, but we want it in cricket, and that's what I care about, and that's what Hamza here cares about as well. Um, which is fantastic. But no, everyone, thank you very much for listening to this very special episode. Hamza, if you're ever down for another cricket episode, you know where we are. Even if you're going to do it sparingly, it'll be good fun. Yeah. Good luck. Okay. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I look very forward welcome. to chat again sometime. No worries. Take care, man. See you later. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. Do follow Hamza on his uh, Instagram page that we'll leave at the bottom of the link below as well. House of Cricket Academy, isn't it? House of Cricket Academy, yep, that's the one. Fantastic. Everyone, thank you very much. Take care and goodbye.